welcome to the Village Traders Podcast. I'm your host, Jabulet Tibani. This podcast is aimed at helping you and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. So today I'm chilling with a good friend of mine, Mr. Hisham Tiani. How's it, how's it, man? I'm very good, man. Um, as the Zulu saying goes, Kalaxis, Kalaxis. What for them goes, but for Kalaxis. Yeah, but I'm very good, actually. Um, it's not a smart way. I don't have much to complain about. Uh, quite well, my friend. Away, away, away. Um, so, so today's episode is a little bit different um, than the rest that 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 I've had so far. That we've had, that we've had so far, in that um, you are going to be interviewing me instead um, on on the lessons that I've learned with the podcast, with um, my trading, and how has it changed, yeah. uh, in, et cetera. Yeah, and I think um, I don't fully have a list of questions in front of me. Um, but I was, I was binging on your podcast, and you know, the more you kept asking questions, the more I felt like it would be actually interesting to know, after having listened to 10, 12 of these interviews, what the interviewer thinks. And I think that's where it came to me that... Um, it would be great to have a conversation with you around some of the insights that you've had um, from your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think that was uh, a great thought um, uh, um, to 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 come up with. Yeah, um, yeah. As I was saying, um, I'd listened to your podcast, and it just yeah. I mean, the more I listened, the more I was interested in. Uh, in gathering what are your what are your key takeaways or what are, what do you make of um the insights that you're getting from your guests that sort of thing yeah yeah so so for me um the the key thing that or at least the 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 one thing that has changed how I'm trading and how I look at trades is um how, the importance of money management and yeah. each and every day i appreciate it even more uh in with within my trading the the importance of 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 uh, money management because each trade um that you take is one out of a thousand over a yeah. certain period right yeah so you need to when 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 it, it it like even if you have a high probability system or high probability setup that gives you say seven out of ten, right? If they say setup works out seven out of ten times, it 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 it, it also does mean it works out, you know, thirty out of um um seventy out of a hundred times. And seven hundred out of a thousand, so each and every sum, each and every trade is one of many other trades. And when you, the, so the, when when, when the only uh, thing that will ensure that you take the next opportunity and realize the seven is going through and dealing with the three. And 
the only way that you're going to be able to take the next trade is when you have capital in your account. And the only way you have capital in your account is because you've been preserving your capital all along. So capital preservation is very, is for me is the holy grail of, of when, uh, and not any, any particular setup. So money management is um, the, that holy grail. Yeah. And do you, do you then find that um, they let, because most people blow up their accounts, right? Um, at least um, in the beginning, do you find that traders are better placed to understand that than investors? Because as a, as a, as an equity investor, um, I mean, I, I mean, ideally it's almost impossible to blow up your account because um, you long-term and mistakes play themselves out over a number of years, mistakes in companies, by boards, whatever, versus as a trader, it's almost as if your account is your lifetime. And when you blow your account, you've blown through one lifetime and you get to live again to tell the tale or you get to live again to learn the lesson. Are you finding that trading is helping you appreciate those lessons more or how is it affecting your investing style? Um, so on, 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 a, on a more personal level, um, my, my, my trading and my investing, like, aren't, there's no relationship between the two because the way, of, the way I'm looking at the investment world and the way I at least understood, at least now, um, I understand the trading. Uh, um, because when, when I'm trading, everything that I do is exaggerated. So I'm go, I go through what I go, th what I go through, what I would go through in 10 years in, uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the investment world, when I'm trading, I go through all of those things in like 10 days, yeah. you know? So the reason why I think most people blow up is trading too big because of um, having too like too like uh, like too 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 big too big too too big goals and when just because your broker can gear you ten times doesn't necessarily mean you should take that gearing. Yeah, and you then, yeah. And do you then find that, has that affected your stock picking? Or have you completely stopped stock picking? No, I haven't, I haven't stopped stock picking, but um, it, 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 it hasn't, it hasn't um, affected it. But from time to time, I do find myself when, when, I'm, when I'm looking at a chart and doing my technical analysis and kind of think of, oh, can I, oh, I, I own this share and now, try to look for like buying opportunities like in the chart you know especially after um the that big sell-off that we have we had earlier in the year so i do from time to time have the thought to say perhaps i could find a way to kind of work with the two you know once i found a stock that i already like and that's already cheap but like try to find an even nicer place to kind of get into that position for, for long term. Yeah. 
And, and and to that end, what would you say is the biggest difference um, between the two? You know, how do you keep a level head as a long-term investor with a multi-year horizon? Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, um, as a trader with, let's say, as a 10, with a 10-day um, horizon? So for me, when, when I'm looking at the investment world, so when I'm trading and I'm investing, like how I look at it, we, we investing or trading based on change in data, right? So in the investment world, that data changes or I get real updates of that data, you know, twice a year, you know, interim results and uh, final results. So I can either, you know, change my mind about owning a stock or continue to hold that stock once the results are out and I can see, uh, for example, if the debt levels have increased to a level that I'm not longer comfortable with and without any um, reason that I feel, you know, comfortable, you know, carrying that extra at a date or is there any corporate action that um, makes me feel uncomfortable in continuing to, to add that share? So that, that the frequency in the change of data when I'm investing is much, much less than the frequency when I, when I am trading. Even though I am swing trading and I'm only trading the daily chart and the weekly chart, um, I'm, I, don't, I don't do intraday, the data that I'm, the change in data that I, that I deal with is, you know, daily. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the outlook... And- each and every trade that I get into, the outlook is not as long term as the um, outlook that I have on um, when I'm investing in a share. And the way in which I view the companies that I trade, and the way the way in which I I view the companies that I invest in is fundamentally different. Because when I'm trading, I'm not trading the company itself; I'm trading the price. And when I'm investing, I'm not you know, investing in the price, I'm investing in the company. So I, I do make that distinction um, when, I'm, when I'm separating myself between, you know, trading and investing. Yeah. And, and at which point then would you say um, that style of thinking or that style, that practice um, makes you more like a quant? Because... Um, you know, you'd watch uh, people say, obviously, spreadsheets are not everything in inverted commas or are not um, the sole tool of investing. And we always hear of other factors that you must consider. And to a large extent, um, I think we do that, but it's very difficult to put a number to it or to put an effect to other considerations. Would you then say that your investing has become more quant-like? You mentioned that um, the data points, for example, in your share portfolio would come out once every six months compared to your trading portfolio where it's happening, I mean, almost on a live basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that um, uh, because when... Perhaps partly, and th- that's, that's not because of the trading aspect to it, and that's just because of the nature of which I just normally pick companies that I trade in, especially the companies that I don't um, buy into 
because there are companies that I buy into the story of the company, for example, Purple Group, and then there are companies that I buy into the financial standing of the company, which companies like Louis. to, To an extent that the quantitative checkpoints that I have when investing they they are only limited to uh, um, the ratios that exist within the, the the financial statements of the company. And with the trading, I'm just in fact when I'm trading the 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 company that I'm trading is irrelevant to me. It's just when I'm trading, I'm just looking at the chart and not the actual stock. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The reason I ask those questions, um, I mean, obviously, because I'm an investor and I listen to your show, which is a trading show, and for me, I'd be trying to find relevance in that way. But then also, as an interviewer, um, I then imagine that you almost have to be that objective listening to your guests. Yeah. And, yeah, which then has me i mean i also know you so i i've also listened to maybe the i wouldn't even say the change in your appreciation of the concept of conscious uh, unconscious competence mm-hmm. yeah. i would say more pardon no 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 i was agreeing with you yeah yeah i'd say more it's almost as if with each episode I can hear the maturation of it, as in you becoming more and more mature in it. And the reason why I used it as a trading versus investing format to get to here was so that I can then get to test it. And then now that I've seen that, actually, you almost communicated that, where it's an unconscious competence, where you say, you know, in my personal portfolio, I likely have to make a decision twice a year, you know, mm. that is built into you. And then that comes to, comes off in your interviews where I then ask you, what is the one thing that has amazed you about your guests? Because they each have varying personalities and what have you, yet they're all in the same field. So what would you say has amazed you the most about their approach to investing? Um, yeah. So, so, so the, the, what, what I found interesting is the, perhaps uh, my sample size is not big enough to draw a correlation, but the more years um, someone has spent trading, the less, yeah. the, the less risk they take on, on an each, in, yeah. on, a, on, on, a, on a trade by trade basis. And the yeah. years they've spent trading, um, the more risk they take on a, on a trade by trade basis. And I think um, it's because perhaps they haven't been through or gotten to the stage where they burn fingers such that they realize what these guys have realized. Yeah. What I mean, so that I found I found it quite interesting that um, you know, in in the early stages we tend to trade too big, um, and too too small of a portfolio. 
and the the more the more experienced guys trade to you know trade too small with a bigger you know with a, a much longer line and now yeah. now that um you know i've i've moved from trading a demo to trading you know real money and because my uh, uh, uh you know i was trading equities for the first time there was a bunch of things that i had you know no like i didn't know and you know i was learning on 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 you know as i was going and then i started to really appreciate why those guys who are you know more who've spent more years trading tend to risk much much less because you know six losing trades in a row is not uncommon yeah so yeah that's that's one of the things that i've found quite um interesting uh with with all the different guests that we've had so far yeah and to that point of um six um losing trades is not uncommon for example do you find yourself coming up with such heuristics or laws or um a sort of rule of thumbs that after it happens say so let's say after six losing trades would you find yourself being more risk um prone um so i the way the way i look at it i look at it from a probabilistic point of view um okay. so if for example um let's take let's pick one a, a single pattern um and 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 let, let's say that setup works you know um one out of two times so 50-50 it has a 50-50 probability of of working out that means if i have a sample of let's say exactly 20 trades and in that 20 trades um it's you know destined that half of the those 20 trades will be um the winning trades and half of those trades will be a losing trade that means each and every trade like from a probabilistic point of view each and every trade each and every losing trade that i take on takes me much closer to than the winning trade yeah because if if yeah. there's you can imagine if there's um 10 marbles in a bowl you know five of them are red five of them are blue the more you take out the red um uh the red balls the probability of the blue ball coming out on the next uh on the next draw gets higher and higher so each that that's you know that's how i i i look at um uh you know a run of losing trades and it's i also appreciate like how important it is to not finish with the trade once you exit the trade like go back check now that you now that you know there's no money on the line you much clear of emotions and 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 whatever you can like reanalyze what you could have done differently and one of the things um that that I've picked up was you know trading with the trend and that sort of thing yeah and then yeah, yeah. that's which is very which is very interesting um yeah because i mean it's a it's a probabilistic way of thinking and you know some if you if you went away of it the natural way to interpret it if you've had four or five losing trades is to think let me stop trading you know clearly i'm not good at this 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very easy to to um, associate the previous the previous plane uh, um, the previous pain with the current one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Mark Douglas talks about this in trading in the zone. Um, he he makes an example with um, a boy and a dog where if as as a kid the first dog that you uh, uh, approach or interact with bites you. There's there's a li- high likelihood that the next dog that you're gonna see, whether that 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 dog is friendly or not, you're gonna assume that you know it will do the same thing as the previous dog. And similarly, not only on the the taking on the pain, also uh, on on the winning side as well. Because, and that's why they say. Um, a run of losing trade is much more dangerous than a run of lose. A run of winning trades is much more dangerous to a trader than a run of losing trades, because you know you 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 get that sense sense of euphoria and you increase the 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 risk that you take on because now the sense of believing that you know what's going to happen and similarly after five losing trades now you think you know what's going to happen I'm going to lose on the next one and you know that's the one that becomes a ten bagger. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious to then know, um, as an interviewer, do you do you think, or why is it that you think your guests are able to stick it out? Um, because the easy part is, say, for example, for you, um, um, you read on the stuff you well mentored, so you almost know that it's going to work out in the long run. Versus, I've listened to some of your guests. Some have quit their jobs, and I know it has to work out. Um, others were chilling at home and decided, let me just go through ahead with this. And eventually, they put in the time and effort, and now they 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 they're successful enough that you can have the conversation with them. But do you do you think, given that response to, um to the pain before that we just discussed. Do you think that there is also an element of reward in it that makes people come back instead of just quit? Yeah, because Because doing this and you've got five losing trades, you know, you're more incentivized to go try something else than to keep trying this. How do you think your guests keep on trying or kept on trying? I th- I, you know, I think there were, there were different phases um, yeah. of, 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 the, of the process. In the, in, in the beginning stage, um, one thing that we have to remember is that to find yourself in a winning trade takes no skill. Okay. Right? Like, it, it's the... Or you, like you, you can just flip a coin, click a button and, have, and find yourself in a winning trade. It, that process takes no skill, right? And after five losing trades, even though you can step away from trading, um, there, were, there were a time where you got maybe three or four or five winning trades in a row. And when you've yeah. suffered the pain of the five losers in a row, maybe perhaps for the first time, after stepping away from the markets, it's like, as, as human beings, we, 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 we tend to reminiscence 
on the good times that we've had in the past. So we, we would easily be drawn back to um, that ex- remembering that experience where we found ourselves in a winning trade, similar, similarly to, to gamblers, when, you know, they, he'd had a, he had a lucky, a lucky day on Monday, and then on Tuesday, he lost everything. On Wednesday, he might not go, but on Thursday, he'll remember what happened on Monday. And then as, as, you know, different people handle things differently, you know, perhaps you've learned where you got, you, you got wrong and tried to improve from that point on and not, not repeat yeah. the same mistakes that, um, that got you to, to, to lose all your money in the first place. Yeah. What's, what's the one interview that stood out the most for you? Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> it's like asking you to choose your favorite kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, what, I think I think I would say episode number three, um, the one with Garth. With Garth, yeah. yeah. So with that one, he what I liked about about it the most, he encompassed kind of everything that we've talked we were talking about in in the show, you know, from episode one to 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 date. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, in such a much simpler way that. You know, from that point, from that interview, and I was looking at trading completely differently. Um, and everything that I've learned prior and after the podcast, after, you know, most of the shows was now reaffirmed from that. And the analogy, the, the, that, the, 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 the analogy, analogy is yeah. you know, just stood out for me because it applies when you are attacking and it applies when you are taking the hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think, I think that's the, yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite child, man. <laughs> True. <laughs> and, and understandably why God would stand out because I mean, I think of all your guests, if I'm, I mean, all of them, which are very high profile, I think he's, I think he's the, he's been either at it the longest or he's the one that, if I remember correctly, I think he moved to London and he makes his living predominantly from trading, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He moved uh, after he, he completed his, his show on business day and then he moved to London. And he just, you know, he trades for a living and he's been doing that for, yeah. for a bit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think you'd almost expect um, him to be able to crystallize it Um because he does it for a living, uh, the teaching and the trading, not just the trading. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you had a lady on, I think Lebo Hang was her name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you finding that there are more and more women going into trading as well? Or do you think it was just a once-off gym? I've, I've noticed that at least like on, on social media and whatnot, more ladies are, are traders now. Like, not, not to say there are more female traders than, than there are males. It's still, it's still a male-dominated yeah. industry, at least I think. Um, but more in yeah. the, the, the percentage of, the, of, of 
female traders has has increased over over time. Yeah, and I I, I, I yeah. can't remember which interview I was listening to. Um, this guy said his female traders are the his best traders um, because like not not by PNL or anything by but like just discipline. I don't know if it yeah. was just a coincidence in, in that particular firm or that's just the case, you know, through and through. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting, actually. Um, yeah. Um, because I think I've been fascinated uh, myself um, with women coming into what we call more male-dominated spaces. And I'm curious to see how they perform, but not just how they perform, because, you know, I found that you, are, you almost tend to have a higher bar for performance for women than men, just so that they can make up for the argument. But I'm more curious to say if there are any other things that um, maybe would come out for you um, in that regard. I know I work, yeah. Um. I actually think that the, in most cases the standard is is, is um, the you know in reverse to, to what you pointed out, you know, often people try to uh, lower stand like you hear statements like she's not bad for a girl type of statement, and which yeah I believe it's more like. There are certain things that have nothing to do with gender and the standard to which should not be any different. You know what I mean? Trading, for example, success or lack thereof as a trader has nothing to do with gender. You know, playing chess, like, has nothing to do with gender. And saying, like, "Ah, she's not bad for a girl. That's just, like, that's some just disrespectful shit. Yeah, you know, but and you you find that most of the time women perform would perform better than the men, and not just not for a girl, just like better. Period. Yeah. And yeah. I and yeah. I, I have found that to be the case in 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 some instances. Yeah, yeah, I think that's more what I meant by a higher standard. As in, sometimes women's performance goes unnoticed. Because you almost expect them to do better than good or better than what is normal for that woman premium. Oh, yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. We, you know, they have to, like, women have to, like, sprint to where men can walk. Yes. To get the same recognition. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's quite, that, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, which is which is very interesting. Um, because I think on one of your um, 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 interviews, one of the guys spoke about how you know he wouldn't have made it without the support of his wife and whatnot. And then I think the level interviewed followed um, a week or two later, where now Levo is not supportive in inverted commas. She's actually doing it. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think I was quite fascinated by that to say, you know, it's it's nice for a change, 
to not be discussing a woman in the realm of without her I wouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah. She's actually doing um she's actually participating um, yeah, and, in and, it. And interesting with with Lebu um she her um she and her husband both of them did try the trading thing but she yeah. was the one that stuck it out through and through to this day. Yeah. They started Yeah, exactly. Them, you know what I mean? So Hansel was saying like trading has nothing to do with gender, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. To that to that to that effect I think then I mean we're introducing demographics essentially be it gender you know um race I know one of the things that fascinated me about um the podcast was listening to how you know almost everyone ultimately makes it in inverted commas or given a long enough timeline mm-hmm. you can learn any skill because these are skills yes you know yeah and that started reducing my resistance towards because i always advise don't trade you know as yeah, a standard yeah. trading is gambling and and the more i listen to a variety of guests on your show the more i re- i could immediately hear the mistakes guests make or what i thought were mistakes but because they're on your show ultimately I always have to reconcile with the fact that just hold on remember this ends in success or this ends in someone worthy of being interviewed you know almost like say take away that um preconceived idea of who's supposed to participate in something like trading you know yeah 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 and and it's like i find it uh, um interesting to like how trading like to when you 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 mentioned that trading is is gambling how trading can be both gambling and you being the casino at the same time and you when you start when you start to trade you go through being a gambler to being a casino making yeah. everyone is that's a very good um analogy actually and it, 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 it ends in success i guess you right trading is gambling it's just a question of which side are you are you are you on well i think i've 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 since accepted that it isn't as much gambling as anything for that matter because what came through from your guests is you know there are sort of things that you was skills that you're going to learn some just read it before they do it and then still get smacked others go straight into it and then still get smacked but for you to be successful you're going to triangulate around the areas of position size um following signals ignoring um noise psychology those sort of things yeah. you know which I mean the minute there's an element of predictability to it um at least the process it almost takes away the gambling element of it yeah yeah 100% and and I think and then have have you ever thought of um how you would teach this to kids I know you mentioned once that um you taught your niece it was na yeah 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 
So I'm, I'm teaching my niece um, how to trade and I'm teaching her the lazy system. And the way, the way we're doing it, we're just playing a game where we just happen to, to, to make money in the process like Monopoly, but we're just playing a game. Every time, like, come, let's play this game. And, you know, these are the rules. This is what, you, like, you know, eye training. This, these are the rules. This is what you must look out for. And when this happened, just do this consistently. You know, because, you know, remember I, I did that flip coin, exer uh, flip coin exercise with her. And now, you know, we're chatting about it recently to say, I was just showing her that, you know, had you risk a little bit, like much, much less than you were, you would, you would have ended up with money, even with the same run of winning and losing streak. So I think teaching kids as a game, very, very early on, but seeing it solo to like, yeah, I was saying, uh, um, you know, it's solicity in cultural semans. So at the very yeah. age, you know, have it as a game. And by the time, you know, they start to comprehend, um, you know, like hi higher level in inverted, inverted commas mathematics for the age, like cal calculating percentages and the like, yeah. you then introduce it as now this this way of making money but once now they've drilled you know they, they they the only way they know how to play the game is being disciplined to it you know what yeah. i mean if you if you start teaching with the discipline rather than starting showing the because i think most people come into trading with this idea that you know with from youtube youtube ads and you know twitters and facebook and the like that ah there's easy money here yeah. You know, and the more I bet, the more I, ma I make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And the, yeah. the concept of being a casino is it still fascinates me to this day. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think for me, it's, it, for me, it was an aha moment, actually. Um, yeah, the notion that you be, you're the casino and the gambler, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if you know Dr. David Paul. Okay. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. So he he talks about um um the clusters of of good and bad luck, right? Okay. So when you go to 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 a casino, um, yeah. To 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 play, you know, any game, roulette, ne? Yeah. There's gonna be a run where the ball lands on black spots, and there's gonna be a run where the ball lands on. Um, red spots. Okay. Because, yeah. you, you know, what's the probability in a 50-50 system, what's the probability of two bad trades in a row? You know, a half times a half, you know, one in... Yeah. So, you know, every four trades, you are going to lose two in a row. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, three bad ones, that's eight in a row. Like, every eight trades, you're going to have three. Yeah, bad trades in a row. So, casinos have this ability to like stick it out through the clusters of bad losing trades. Meaning, yeah. they 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 have this ability to um, abs uh, absorb the clusters of people winning at the casino, yeah. and that gives them that opportunity to now appreciate or, 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 or get rewarded 
with the clusters of you know people just losing money at the casino. Yeah. And and yeah. It's 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 a it's it's almost a paradox to say in order for you to win over the long term, you need to bet small. Um, but when you bet big and you win, you win quite big. You know, it's a, it's a bit kind of hard to, to wrap your head around in, in, in the beginning. Yeah. Until you understand compound, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost curious to know, do you think... Then other factors like a um a guest being on your show and saying they quit their job and decided to take trading full time. Do you think that had um any then benefit on them ultimately making it as a trader? Or that just so happens to be that the set of circumstances they set around themselves? Um I think when when you've um like when you know how to win, right? And you've put yourself in a situation where now you have to win. It's almost like discipline is now a, it's no longer now, ah, if, 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 if I'm not disciplined and I lose, I still have my job. Now they have to be disciplined. Yeah. Because now they, you know, bread is is now dependent on 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 trading, and I think to a certain degree, it it, it does help them, and it does help because now you're spending more time with the markets. It helps the eye see more opportunities because you know once you are unconsciously competent in whatever setup or whatever system that you are trading, it just becomes something that you so much do, just like driving. Yeah, not true. And then do you think it impacts other areas of your life? Yes. I found that it has. Um, and in a, in, a, in a weird way, because sometimes when, 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 you look, when you are looking at things, ne? Yeah. and you, you are caught between, you know, doing something like something stupid. I, yeah. I, I, I often ask myself, is it worth the risk? You know what I mean? Because yeah. trading has taught me that you pay the risk before, you know, you pay the risk up front and you need to accept that risk up front. So it could yeah. be something small, like, you know, speeding, you know, trying to chase uh, 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 um, the, the orange light. Like, is it worth the risk of doing that? You know, it's 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 yeah. very subtle things. It's very subtle things, and also, obviously, in 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 my investment world, it makes me appreciate, you know, that ten percent drawdown when 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 markets go nuts. Yeah, yeah, because I'd be interested in knowing. I mean, then what then becomes your daily frustrations? Um, do you like perhaps sometimes watch your son, maybe because he's young. Um, you, I mean, it's it's more innocence, but do you find yourself looking at, let's say, your family members, your wife doing something where the risk is um, asymmetrical or the risk is, or the payoff, essentially, is horrible, where 
they're risking something or they're taking on a, a, what seems like an obvious um, activity, but if it goes bad, it has detrimental effects beyond what she anticipates. Nah, not really, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it doesn't I, get I, that I just, far. Yeah, yeah, no, at least not yet. It hasn't gotten that far. It, it, it only just happens very, yeah. you know, such, yeah. in a subtle way when I'm alone. Yeah, okay. Where well, you'd review situations that you were in or where your family was in? Nah, not, 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 not even that. Not, not even, I, I try not to um, associate trading way too, too much in my personal life. Yeah, because I'm thinking more of the skills. Because you know, you think of a game, um, a book like "Fooled by Fooled by Randomness." By randomness, yeah. Né? Yeah, and how how pragmatic it is, how simplistic it makes the examples, mm-hmm. such that you're able to look at something. So, for example, um, I know a common one is you work hard and you succeed at something. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we congratulate you because you deserve it. You worked hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost as if to imply that the person that worked just as hard that didn't get it, you know, they don't deserve, I mean, they don't deserve to get it simply because that one variable didn't play in their favor. You know, given enough tries with the same amount of hard work, they'll probably pull through. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. In that sense, yeah, in that sense, and I find myself appreciating the you know the the wins that you get, and because you know it could have it panned out differently. It like a book like Full by Randomness have really like taught me to appreciate the 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 lack of randomness around. And not just attribute everything to you know skill and hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Maji, I think we've yeah. Um, time, man. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I was about to actually say as well, or let me ask one or two more questions just to wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. You. You, you can. You can throw them. You can throw them. Yeah. Um. Perhaps goal. Do you have any particular goal in mind? Um, I know you like saying you just want to get the next perfect trade, but I'm sure that the thought has clipped your mind already. If I keep at this for however long, I could get this far or I could be this big. Or do you have any particular big dream goal that says this is why it's worth me being disciplined? Yes, I do. I do. Um, and I want to take the, the um, you know, have my own story of the turtle traders and have like, you know, the village traders, like, you know, yeah. like a village traders academy where, you know, I'd like to take kids from as early as high school, have them in the, in the academy, teach them how to trade. And when they graduate, you know, and if, if trading is, is, is something that they want to pursue instead of, you know, going to varsity and whatnot, they they get given capital to then, you know, yeah. to, to, to the yeah. trade. Because trading is something that can be taught and it doesn't 
it, it yeah. really doesn't take a rocket scientist. It just takes discipline. So that's, that's yeah. one of, that's, that's my one big, like, you know, audacious goal. That's, that's the one, you know, yeah. sure that I can. and it's quite huge. Eh? Essentially it's the school of hard knocks. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. You know, I, I feel like trading is one way of solving our unemployment prop, uh, problem, like proper long-term. Yeah. So if if there's if there's one thing that I'd like to give back to to give to, you know, to the cause, it's it's you know the Village Trader Academy. That's one of my 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 big goals. Yeah. Nah, cool, man. Nah, thanks a lot. Um, I think I'll just wrap up with your favorite book, um, why, and then I think on that note we can go and get the book and read it. Um. Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Um, yeah, it's the, it's, that yeah. that book has there's not even a single chart on it, but it's about trading psychology and dealing with trading with beliefs um, as a trader, and it fixes your all your pretty much all your trading problems because the key to success is in your head. So definitely, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas, um, Trading for a Living by Dr. Alexandra Elder. It, it's yeah. it's it's one of my favorite books. Um, also, it's largely um, trading psychology, and then the last bits of it is um, you know trading systems and that sort of thing, um, and black setups, and the reminiscence of a stock operator. It's, yeah. it's just a story um, of you know this guy who started trading as a kid, and he was pretty much a technical analysis technical analyst without even knowing it and he like he's like one of one of the big things that I've, I've i've learned from 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 that book is staying true to the system like just listen to the tape you know just listen yeah. to what the chart is telling you don't trade what you think don't trade your emotions just trade what the chart is telling you and that's it and do that consistently with perfect execution each and every time and yeah. whenever whenever you make a mistake or whenever there's some something new that you learn you know if there's something that you change change it and stick to that change don't don't now you know fiddle too much with with the plan so i think those, yeah. those i think three books are you know top notch and obviously um not not only for traders but for people in general, fooled by random. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially the chapter, um, I can't remember what chapter it is, um, the chapter with the Manhattan lawyer. Yeah. Hey, man. That story hit home, eh? Yeah, man. If, if, How if, you, can... if you want to skip yeah. the entire book and read one chapter, that chapter is, for me at least, is the one to read. Yeah. I think that for me it was the point actually and i think yeah it just made me appreciate how far i've come but then also just simplicity and um understanding things in context yeah 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 and and then if if you do somehow happen to compare yourself just use yeah the correct sample size yeah 
at, at the, yeah. you shouldn't compare yourself with anyone, but at the very least, use the correct sample size. Yeah, I mean, my my favorite go-to um, quote in that regard is I always remind myself that I'm in sub-Saharan Africa. I'm in the poorest part of the poorest continent on earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and give, given everything that could have happened, everything that could have happened, and, you know, just yeah. really appreciate where you are. Yeah. Now, my G, um, thanks a lot. Um, thanks for ending on that note. Um, I always appreciate uh, these chats. Um, you know, yeah, sometimes they flow better than other times, but I know they're always valuable. And I think yeah. um, I was having a chat with a friend uh, during the week, and I uh, two weeks back, and I said, you know, few people know that one of the things that I count when I count how much money I have or how wealthy I am or how far I am in this game of investing and life and whatnot is, is the ability to pick up the phone and have these types of conversations. Um, I mean, at this point now, it's with everyone in my circle, you know? Yeah, yeah. Any given point in time, I'm on the phone. Um, it's always something like this where... I honestly feel privileged that being in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, um, I'm exposed to these types of conversations, these types of people, um, people doing great things like you are, where essentially you're creating your own luck, you know? Yeah. Where effectively you're the voice now of um, trading, you know, beginner traders, um, you can even host expert traders, and I feel my I feel lucky that there's no other place in sub-Saharan sub-Saharan Africa I'd want to be than close to the people making the money, you know, and having conversations with the people having uh, I mean making the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks a lot, my G. Yeah, thank thank you very very much for your time, man. I really appreciate always always enjoy chat, ch- chatting with you. Sure, sure, my man. Thanks, sir. Yeah, that's it for the Village Trader this week. Um, be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Trader by subscribing on your favorite pod- podcatcher. We're on Google and Spotify, iTunes as well. You know, basically any decent podcatcher, you'd find us there. Join myself tonight, um, Wednesday, as you are listening, 5.30. I'll leave the link to that. Um, you know, Simon and myself are trading equity CFDs. Um yeah, be sure, man. Subscribe on villagetrader.co.za. Check you next time. Cheers.